Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. July 20th, 2020. A big old ball of cheese. Walking on the moon, and Netflix series, The Business of Drugs. This is Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily show about stuff that might be awesome. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it, and have an awesome today. Would you? Is my cleavage showing? Not today. Okay. Hi. What's happening? How are you? Welcome. Welcome to you. Welcome to all of us. It's a welcoming damn place. It is. It's Monday. Let's welcome everybody in. Welcome to the week. Welcome yes. to July 20th, mm-hmm. which is a Monday this year. It is. In the year of our recording. <laughs> Man, Monday, starting the week out. Yeah. It's been a week. We've decided, by the way. Uh, in case folks haven't figured out that on Fridays, when the main show drops, we are not going to have an episode. And then on Sundays, uh, we will use that as a day of rest and respite. Yes, a little recharging time. Yeah, you should take a nap. Don't listen to us. That's right. Although, hey, maybe we put you to sleep. In that case... Listen to an old episode. I was going to say, go back in the archives and just re-listen again, and we'll put you right to sleep for your Sunday Or go to the not-so-popular YouTube page. (laughs) All right. What do you got? What's something fascinating and artery clogging that you can tell me today? Right off the bat, let's clog those arteries because July 20th, 1801... A 1,235 pound, I want you to just sit with that number for a minute, okay? 1,235 pounds. Yes, of cheese. A cheese ball was pressed at the farm of Elisha Brown Jr. Got to get that junior in. All right. By a horse-drawn wagon, and it was then transported and presented to U.S. President Thomas Jefferson. That's one of those... Thanks. Oh, yes. Thank you. And also, why? Yes. Was Thomas Jefferson a big fan of the cheese? I don't know. Maybe he was on an all-cheese diet. You oh, never know. Oh, man. Okay. I'm surprised we haven't had that come along yet. We've had every other kind of diet known to man. True. I'd go on an all-cheese diet. Uh, you'd never 
have regularity again. Mm. The and have to do all cheese and also Metamucil. Something it's not all cheese. You've cheated. Here's a, here's a real life story. Real life. Real live. Real a, life story for you. And you're telling it to me live. I'm telling it to you live about yes. a real life event. Okay. So my dad worked in the dairy business, yeah. not not the farm side, but the the production Russia. side. Production. Side. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and and for the entirety of my young adulthood, that's what he did. And one of his dear friends that he'd met. Along the way, they'd stayed in touch with over the years. Um, they had both left wherever it was they'd worked together and then gone on to separate places. And this guy had ended up going to Wisconsin and working in a cheese factory. Okay. And when he got there, they told him, as was their policy for everyone that worked there, you may eat as much cheese as you want. Mm. Of course, <laughs> kidding that. She's candy store. <laughs> he did so for like a, I don't know how many days straight, but he, he did not poo for two weeks and ended up in the hospital. Oh, no. Don't yeah. put yourself in the hospital over it's it. Not it. It's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I mean, cheese is so good and delicious, but it is not worth a hospital visit. After the math, he found out that this, in fact, was the norm and that most employees <laughs> that had been there longer than a month never ate cheese again. Never again. Never <laughs> again. Once you've yeah. had a bowel impaction caused by cheese, I can see how that would yeah. cure you of your cheese desires. What's your favorite cheese, by the way? My favorite cheese. Well, there's there's two, neither of which I can remember the name of because I am really good with names. <laughs> There's the uh, the blue cheese that I oh, absolutely can't gosh. remember the name of. I was going to say, a good, stinky, just mm -hmm. real powerful blue cheese. I love it. Whatever the brand is our store here has yes. carried, they have a decent little cheese bar. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just a tad thicker than what you would consider to be spreadable. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you get that on a little piece of toast and throw a sun-dried tomato on it or something. It is a delight. Mm. A treasure and a delight. I love a stinky blue cheese. What's your other favorite? The other one also, name I can't remember. I can tell you all about the tub that yes. it comes in. It's okay. cream-colored with a maroon lid and graphic. Oh, gosh. Saint, it's like a saint something. Saint something. Oh, my gosh. And it is it is a buttery cheese. It's actually the consistency of just slightly warm butter yeah. and just spreads on things. That's that's one of the best cheeses that? I've ever had in my life. I want to say it's like St. Andre or something Yes, like that. that's what it is. I always want to say St. Anki, but that's the <laughs> that's the beer brand on Super Troopers. <laughs> you Okay, you can't remember names, but you can remember the brand of beer on Super Troopers. And I'm not even a beer guy. I don't know why. Just some things... Big stick. I can't make something stay in my mind, but once it's there, I can't make it leave either. <laughs> That's it's a very fair. controversial relationship. That's fair. I'm going to co-sign both of those choices. They are two of my very favorite cheeses. Another one that I love is Trader Joe's Unexpected Cheddar. Okay. It's a cheddar that has some um, has a little bit of uh, flakiness in the texture. Yeah, yeah. And it's so good, and it almost has has like um, a parmesan, like a hard parmesan feel to it. Mm -hmm. And it's so delicious, either to eat by the slice or melted, like in a grilled cheese or something like that. It's Interesting. Highly enjoyable. Nice. Nice little uh, side trail into the land of cheese. Okay. Well, if if uh, we still have. Some of the same listeners that were here a week or so ago. Yeah. We'd had the conversation about 
Buzz Alderhammer, uh, which actually ended up being not that or Aldrich, but Aldrin, Buzz Aldrin. Yep. We were talking about the Apollo 11 leaving Earth's atmosphere on launch day. Well, today, 1969, it lands seven hours after landing, which I assume is still the same day, but I can't, I wouldn't fastidious enough to validate. Yeah. Uh, either way, Neil and Buzz walked on the moon, and from that we have that iconic picture of Buzz Aldrin's footprint yep. in the moon dust. Have you ever thought about how fantastical that is? Like, just amazing? If it actually happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, yes. Also, <laughs> tying back in, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to let you sit with I that. don't know. I don't, I'm not invested in that. I choose to believe the best from our government, strangely, in this situation. It's like, you're like that with the landing on the moon, how I am with Elvis still being alive. Yeah, yeah. It's just your favorite conspiracy theory. It's fun. I've watched a few videos of people poking holes at it, showing multiple shadows that shouldn't have been there, showing mm -hmm. the flimsiness of stuff that theoretically worked. And I'm like, I mean, I can see the arguments for sure. Yes. And just the simple fact that you know, there were an awful lot of leading countries around the world that were like, all of a sudden, no longer interested in doing the same thing. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. There's a rabbit There's a trail lot of to there. Also, can we just, I don't know how to do a good callback because I'm not a classically trained comedian, but we are talking about the surface of the moon. The moon traditionally to be understood to be made of cheese. Of cheese. <laughs> There's Does it some... weigh 1,235 pounds, and okay. can we give it or put it on the grave of President Thomas Jefferson? Let's see what we can do about that. Okay. 1977, mm -hmm. since now, again, somewhat of a callback, I guess, to the conspiratorial thoughts on things. 1977, under the Freedom of Information Act, the CIA releases documents revealing its engagement mm -hmm. in mind control experiments, uh -huh. GASP. Clutch at my pearls, who would have ever assumed? Here's how I feel about the CIA. If you can tell me anything, any bananas, bonkers, bizarro thing, and you're like, well, you know, the CIA did this, I will fully believe it. Right. What like was it. the like, Clooney movie? The Men Who Stare at Goats. Yes. That's a, based on a book by John Ronson. Yes. Well, so. I'll trust you because names mean nothing to me. Yeah. Well, we should put that in our watchery list. Well, we'll see what Lifestyle. happens. It's a that, that, that non-segment. Non-segment. It's a ways off yet. Okay. We got time to burn. Okay. Um, am I allowed to share with you my scent of the day? Is that okay, Your Honor? You may. What is your scent of the day? Another Nui Cobalt pick. This was a sample that I picked. No, wait, this is, yeah, this was a sample I picked. I don't even know what I'm smelling. It's, you smell it again. It's called wasp. And that's Like a, the animal or like white Anglo-Saxon? <laughs> white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. It is not that. It is like the insect because I forgot to say that this whole collection came from their bees collection. And so there was a lot of honey inspired scents. That's why I was interested in it. So here is their description of wasp an austere balsamic blend for when you need to clean up and get organized. So it's perfect for a Monday, except it's really Sunday when we're recording. Fresh linen, crisp Chardonnay, and a rain-quenched herb garden edged with impeccable boxwood topiaries. Interesting. I smell the linen. That's what yeah. I smell. It's real. Not that they've seasoned it with linen, no. right? 
it's real clean laundry smelling. Yes, though. yes. And I get a little bit of herb there too. What if they literally just bottled up some laundry detergent and were like, ha ha, these idiots, <laughs> look how much money they're paying for gain. Gain. <laughs> Fresh scent gain. Here we go. All right, so that's the end of the day. Okay. I'll keep serving them up as long as people want to hear it. Yeah. And they probably right. don't, but I just This is about keep doing what, it. what we want to talk about. Yeah. People know how to skip and not download or not leave reviews. Oh, no, we've gotten some good ones in. in yes, fact, we have. Yes, we've we gotten have. a few, those INTJs showing up, get, do, delivering what you asked for, which was a yep. I know. I saw one of those. View. I saw one of those on the YouTube. Oh, really? I got a single yep there, and I can't remember who it was. Nice. It was fantastic. Well, some of them have showed up in Apple uh, Podcasts. They've either used it in the titling or in the body of the review, and I knew that made your INTJ I'll, heart happy. I'll have to look. Honestly, I've been so slammed the last yes, three days with other stuff. Work. Yeah. I have not looked, but I actually I had planned on this evening as I laid down to rest to whip out the old phone and check out reviews. Okay. So I'm, I'm eager to see that. Now. Yeah. Okay. All right. The new number one on Netflix. I believe, at least that's what I read today. The okay. new number one on Netflix, which we have, I think it was number four, maybe when we started watching The Business of Drugs. The Business of Drugs. Now, this is not normally like an awesome topic, but, but, let it's, me say that. Let me say this. Let me say this. One of our, one of our goals and missions <laughs> with Awesome Today is not only to share like our conversations that we would be having anyway, but also to give our Awesomes and our people who are listening conversation starters for themselves, sure. for their own lives. Like for us, our daily conversations have been very helpful for me because I know as a mom who's also running a business, sometimes I can get so in the weeds that we might sit down and I'd be like, except for the kids, I don't even know what to talk to you about. And that's not a that, yeah. You know, as a, as a person, as a human being, you start to think like, am I boring? Am I out of the loop? Right. When you're, when the excitement of your conversation is that little Nico passed two pieces of corn, <laughs> it's, it's a sad <laughs> state of existence. You yes. need a little bit more exactly. in life. So even though like, um, and we're going to talk about the, how the business of drugs is about the war on drugs and those types of things. It's not like a typical, like awesome topic of conversation. It is number one on Netflix right now. It's, you know, it's having a moment in pop culture. May, may we, I lead us in a little bit here? Yeah, exactly. Is that okay? Let's go. Okay. So, if anybody has watched on Netflix, Narcos Mexico. Yes. Uh, which there are, I think, two or maybe even three different I'm, Narcos I'm series. I'm so confused by all the Narcos on Netflix, but there's a lot there to watch. Well, the first the first one, whether they've titled it Colombia or not, it was about oh, okay. Escobar, okay. who is Colombia. Yes. And then Mexico, uh, not, it doesn't spoil it to say this, that it deals with Mexico as the trafficking portion okay. to get it to the U.S. and how the cartels played into that sure. and still do. Uh -huh. uh, those present the same story uh, to a degree in a different light. Yeah. Um, and, of course, with more theatrics and, you know, it's more based on a true story with interesting stuff around it. Yeah. Um, this is truly a documentary series mm -hmm. uh, about the mechanics of the drug underworld. Yep. Um, six episodes total in this series. Yes. It is hosted by a former CIA agent 
amaryllis, is that how we say it? Yes. Amaryllis fox. It's yes. spelled in such a way that it makes my mind struggle to say it, but I believe it's amaryllis. Yeah. Now she, um, her, I think her dad was an economist. Yes, that's right. And I can't remember exactly what she studied in college, but she wrote an algorithm that helped predict where terror cells yes. would be. Yes. This caught the eye of the CIA. Mm -hmm. And so at 22 years of age, she went to work for the CIA, traveled the world, going after uh, fighting terror, all of that. And I can only assume based on her background as well as kind of how this series is painted that everything is is from an economy or an economist's exactly. perspective yes which is kind of a to me it's a more fascinating way to look we've all been beaten to death with the other stories right. not that they're without validity on their own but this brings a really interesting twist on things and i think the world speaks the language of money more so than it does any other. Yeah, and I think that's what why this series has shot to the top of the Netflix charts because mm -hmm. you're right, for people of a certain age, I feel like our age and definitely younger, you are from elementary school onward really indoctrinated with, you know, like you have the D.A.R.E. program, mm -hmm. at least here in the U.S. I'm speaking for, the D.A.R.E. program with D.A.R.E. officers coming in and educating about how bad drugs are for you. We have Red Ribbon Week, which is big pep rallies and fun. What was the, is it MAD? That's Mother's Day. That's drunk driving. That's drunk driving. Also bad and don't do it. Still a drug, technically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so... For, again, for Americans of a certain age, then this is our only exposure to talking about the war on drugs, which actually launched in 1971 mm -hmm. under the Nixon administration, is just like, drugs are bad, don't do it. And this, instead of looking at the moral component, the, it does look at the health component, honestly, some, but instead of looking at the moral component, instead of looking at the legal component, instead of looking at you know, class and race issues, it really says, no, what's the economy? Right. What is the, what are the dollars and cents behind this? What drives it? And uh, an important part of economics, the way I understand it, I'm not an actual economist. <laughs> but, but you have slept with one. <laughs> <laughs> are you yeah. an economist? Sometimes, yes. if that's what uh, excites you. <laughs> Sometimes you put on your economist hat and, well, yep. it, a little it, role playing. Next thing you know, we got a little deco. <laughs> next thing you know, there I was with a ruined economy in my family. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so dumb. Okay. Um, so so wait, it's. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, the, the let, let me dance through the last of this and then I'm going to cut you loose okay. because I like to frame it well. You are good at framing and I just start. So you have far in. better details okay. often than All I right. do. But okay. the, the framework helps everybody live and play in that sandbox. That's it's, true, especially if you haven't watched this. Yes. So it's the six episodes. Each episode specifically looks at a, a drug. Cocaine, synthetics, heroin, cannabis, meth, and opioids. Those yes. are your six. Um, and I, at first, I was like, oh, this is lazy. But now looking at it, I kind of appreciate it in that each episode, though the drug is different, you're following a similar path through it to say, we're going to look at geographically where it's grown and manufactured, mm -hmm. who's benefiting, why, how it's impacted the local economy, how it's moved, 
what kind of efforts are being used and failing to try to stop it? How sincere are those efforts when people, uh, when agencies brag about a bust of some size? What significance is that in comparison to the actual amount being trafficked? Yes. And so it's this repeated uh, repeated process through each of the different ones. Yes, absolutely. All right, take us away. Well, this, the thesis of the series really, um, Amriel Fox did an interview with The Guardian, and um, I pulled this quote out. She said, 50 years and one trillion dollars later, one trillion dollars over 50 years, the business of drug prohibition has not only not worked, but the problem is worse than when the policy began. And so I think that that was her sort of jumping off point. Um, and the documentary's viewpoint starts there of like, this was supposed to help us eliminate or at least drastically reduce drug use in this country to protect the people of this country, to protect the children of this country. We have this war on drugs. And it has failed miserably. Right. If this were an investment, which it technically is, you lost 100, well, yeah, arguably 100% of your money every year. This is a failure yes. in every measure. And so one thing that I think is so powerful about the way this each episode is framed is not only does it look at the dollars and cents and what is happening on local economic levels in, you know, like production areas and sourcing areas and those types of things. But like a good documentary does, it makes it very human. Yes. And so she travels to um, Colombia. She travels to Kenya. She travels to different spots around the world to up close and personal interview with the, like the men who are literally pulling the um, uh, coca leaves. Mm-hmm. Why I wanted to say canna. No coca leaves um, off of the plants and how much they have to harvest every day just to make what ends up being, you know. What was like a ton of leaves equates to a key? Yes. One ton, one ton of leaves. Which is street slang for a kilo. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes, that was good. You are very good at drug terms, at drug words. I know that drug biz. Yeah. Uh, to make a kilo of cocaine. And but it's showing like these are the lives of the mm-hmm. people who are sourcing these materials, the ones that are naturally based, um, so that people in what whatever part of the world can have drugs uh to use and abuse. Right. And so I think that it shows a very unflinching eye on the human suffering along the supply chain. That's what I was going to say about economics. One thing about economics, as I understand it, is that you have to look at the supply chain, supply and demand and all of these things. And when you hear somebody say, oh, this is about the economy and the economics of drugs, that sounds boring. But I think that the series does a really good job of making that extremely human. Well, yes. And they, they look at it, I think, as well when people hear economy they think about, at least Americans, think about the American economy. Right, exactly. Maybe expanding to you know, Europe or other major players on the global scale, but this looks globally at economy, the economy of wherever is growing it, the economy of wherever is, is trafficking it to get it to its destination, and then even to a degree, the economy of then street level and... and mm-hmm. I think that's about as high as they went with street level dealer. Yeah. Yes. And so 
making it human, showing, and I, like I said, they don't spend a lot of time on this. This is not like a medical docu-series. So they don't spend a lot of time talking about the impact. They have one um, woman who's a, a psychologist, I think, or a brain doctor. Maybe she's a neurologist. Um, a brain doctor. One of them brain doctors. Uh, and she kind of is featured in each episode talking about the impact of each drug on the human brain and on the body and those types of things. So they do like sort of give it a passing mention. They don't ignore that aspect completely. But it's so fascinating because I feel like so much of what we are educated with, as especially as young people, really does try to talk about as much as you can to children and teenagers. This is why drugs are bad. Don't do them. Trying to talk about it from that biological standpoint and... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You know, clearly something is missing in terms of that landing, that approach, that part of the war on drugs. Right. Um, because again, uh, drug use in our country. And again, you know what? One of the reviews you told me, you told me, because you did a lot of side Googling, that this series has had mixed reviews. It just came out mm -hmm. a week ago, mixed mm -hmm. reviews, which that's to be expected. But one reviewer talked about how this was um, clearly only made for an American audience or right. something like that. Right. Which, first of all, of course it was made for an American audience. Right. Netflix has <laughs> productions that are and, you know, global for each country. And so we watch Netflix America. Yeah. <laughs> and so we get things made for Americans. Um, but America uniquely, I think, has declared an actual federally driven war on drugs. There's there's a few other... There's a few others that have. There's a few others that are acting like they have. Okay. And she kind of, you kind of see that as you ebb and flow through some of the other countries where she looks at where it's ending up. Right. Uh, with, with whichever drug it is. And quite honestly, in many instances, what looks like just window dressing effort by the government, because whichever group it is vying for control, government or governmental control of that region. Yeah. Well, it's a revenue source right. for them. So they may yell loudly while they're handing a packet under the table or something, right. as it were. So here's the controversial part and the part that I think could become interesting conversation fodder for each person that's listening. Again, as products of uh, an, an enculturation that is very anti-drug use, <clears throat> um, for most people, the thought of 
changing drug law and drug policy feels a, really unsettling. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what, what would happen if drugs were legalized? And so I want you to say more about, like, I don't feel like, do you think that that's the explicit, because we talk about documentaries always have an agenda, of course. Do you think that's right. the explicit or understated um, agenda of the business of drugs? Or do you think that they're just lobbying the question out there for people to grapple with? What do you think? Okay. Two, I have I have two perspectives. Okay. One, and my, my original thought was, you know, this is the first documentary I've seen in a while. Um, and, and Amaryllis is, is wickedly intelligent. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's awesome. I love that when that's the case. Mm-hmm. But this is the first one I've seen in a while where you didn't feel like the documentary had developed an agenda that they were trying to force down your throat. Okay. Now, she does mention as potentially the only way out of this would be legalization. Of each of these six of, major drugs. Yeah, yeah, just, yep. Legalization, not legalization with regulation, with imposed things. And I'll get back to that, or one of us will, as we continue to talk. Um, and so, like I said, I didn't feel like at first there was a message, but then the more conspiratorial side of me said, you know, what if the grand plan, the realization uh, by people in power is that that is the only way mm-hmm. to win, but... To win the war on drugs. Right, but they're not, they're not going to risk re-election. They're not going to just make this decision. They have to start steering America's mind that direction. I mean, after all, who's to say she's not still with the CIA? Ah, secret ops. So, and I don't, you know, I don't lose sleep and go into sweaty, clammy hand moments about things like this. Yeah. Um, But it would make sense. Um, Let's talk about legalization in terms of what it can look like as we have seen that happen in our state. Now, to clarify... Mm -hmm. In the United States, federally speaking... Federally speaking, cannabis is illegal for recreational use. It is permitted for medical use, but still up to each state to decide if they will allow it. So what are there, 36? 33. 33 states who have said, in compliance with federal law, yes, we will have medical marijuana, um, there are a few places who, not in compliance with federal law, says we will have recreational use. And there have been, there's been discouragement amongst federal prosecutors to mess with the states who are allowing recreational use. Fascinating. It is weird. So two years ago... The- hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me interrupt one time here. Okay. Because I want to I throw this in as a, a thought... To continue. Okay. Why? Why would legalization be a thing? Well, what's this documentary from the perspective of? Economics. The economics. And the only way you destroy the economy of this is by attacking the economy of this rather than just trying to make it stop. That's so, yeah, that connects the dots. Because all of these sort of like, you know, education programs... Um, the criminalization of it, the uh, all of that part, obviously over the past, since 1971, so over 40 years of those tactics clearly right. are so ineffective. And so, I, yeah. I can't remember, 
I wish, I wish I could just draw this to mind. And I don't remember if it was in this or elsewhere that I've seen this, but Escobar, Pablo Escobar, who was the cocaine lord out of Colombia forever, um, I can't remember if he was a billion dollar a day. I'm wanting to say it was $1 billion a day mm -hmm. industry. What are you going to do to interrupt and mess with that? You're not going to police it out of existence. No, obviously not. So if you attack the economy of it, yeah, then he can't fight that. That's right. One of the law enforcement people, um, higher up, like not as beat cop or anything, but like sort of like a prosecuting attorney. One of the legal aspects from law enforcement point of view is they talk about the Hydra effect. So you chop off the main head and it, like all these smaller heads spring up. So even mm -hmm. if you take down someone like Pablo Escobar and his cartel, it doesn't matter because other cartels are going to spring up. Right. And we're talking about that in terms of cocaine because that's a very notable case, but any kind of drug production. Right. Um, Anything illegal where there's money. Yes, absolutely. So if you take them on, on a money level, economic level, right. maybe we can affect change. You destroy their profitability. Yeah. You know, look at, there's no example either of us could find, could conjure up where prohibition has worked. Right. And that's a word I think most people associate with alcohol. Right. Which then, was deemed prohibition. Yeah. Um, which plainly didn't work. Yeah. All it did was ensure corruption from all the way to the top levels of government. Right. Um yeah, so... Well, let's talk a little bit, because this hits a little closer to home for us living in a state that you said, you told me that when this passed in 2018, our medical marijuana law, that it's the most liberal... At the time, I don't know if this is still true, but at okay. the time it passed. The most liberal application of what it takes to get a... Um, medical license. license? Or, well, oh. medical prescription. Prescription, yeah. yes, for the use of cannabis to treat a medical disorder. Since that passed two years ago, we've had dispensaries spring up. I can't speak for other towns in Oklahoma, but in Oklahoma City, we yeah. when I say there's one on every corner, I need to tell you that two blocks away from our house, there's yes. a new dispensary opening up, and that's one of many. There are, It throughout. seems at least like there are more dispensaries than there are convenience stores. Yes, truly. there. Are, there's one stretch of a main... Uh, avenue that runs through Oklahoma City that has been renamed sort of colloquially. The Green Mile. The Green Mile. Because yeah. every few storefronts, it feels like, is a new dispensary opening right. up. So, I mean, talk about the economics of of um, different drugs and cannabis, but uh, you have a story about what that has looked like. So, yeah, in terms of <clears throat> how liberal and, and unrestricted these laws are, I know a guy personally, he told me the story. Uh, he had gone into, um, I don't know if this, I don't think it was attached to a, a dispensary, but it could have been. I don't know. He went into a clinic. He goes, he fills out a questionnaire, um, basically just ticking boxes. And then he goes and he, like you would at a doctor's office, he goes back and sits in a room and uh, nobody really explained to him what was going to happen. He assumes he's waiting for a doctor or someone to come in and visit with him. And he hears while he's sitting there on the, I think on a table with the crappy paper covering for sanitary reasons and all of that. <laughs> um, he, he hears off to his side, hello, hello. And he turns and looks and there is a computer monitor there 
and someone talking to him, and it is a doctor. And the doctor, and I maybe I should put some air quotes on that, I don't know, but the doctor says, okay, so you have this symptom, this symptom, this symptom, and it was things that he'd checked off on the list. He said, yes. He said, okay. Um, and I think he acted like he was flipping through papers or something, and he said, okay, your receipt will be at the front desk. And then the screen goes back to a screensaver. Yes. In his and so he had a card waiting for him then, right? Yes. When he was done. Yes. So, so good. We have a neighbor weed eating. That's yep, exciting. Yep. Um, so anyway, just this idea. So that's what it's looked like in terms of a sort of legalization. Because mm -hmm. one of the things when it's, we talk about legalizing drugs is should they be legalized but then also regulated? Right. Right. Now it's hard to say in terms of. The marijuana thing, or cannabis, whatever you want to call it, it's so multi-layered. From the perspective of, of growing um, and selling, because again, we're if you're doing it for recreational purposes, it's not federally legal, and that means, I don't know if that applies to growing as well, but definitely from selling. Uh, some of the people, I think, on this discussed, was it this? Yeah, it was this. She was discussing... Uh, inability to file a federal tax return. There's no tax write-offs. Yes. Because it's illegal. Right. Yeah. And difficulties of getting loans and on and on and on. And ultimately what was figured out is that the vast majority of what is sold legally, that, that is sold under medical licensure, is still illegally grown. Mm, the regulation so thick, so overwhelming around what is permitted. To grow it. To grow it that you... You can't operate the fees, all of that. You can't operate on margins that thin unless you are a mega corporation where you can you can survive on a thin margin due surely to volume. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's sort of do you have any other closing thoughts? Um, I mean, there's a there's a lot to really meander through in terms of. If it's made, if everything were just made legal, which I mean, people that want to use any of these substances, they do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Period. They do. They're not inhibited right. by. There may be inconvenienced at times, but even that, once I would guess, you've kind of established your whoever your person is that it's just not all that difficult to continue to get what you want when you want it. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I can't remember, I feel like this was uh, Milton Friedman, who is perhaps, he's, he's been dead a, a, a time now. He's maybe frowned on by some people. He's an economist. Um, he pointed towards, in a Q&A I was watching, somebody, somebody in the audience had posed this perspective of protecting someone. Yeah. kids, something, and it wasn't related to drugs, I don't believe, I can't recall, but the, the perspective he offered back was, why why are you relying on legislation to do the job you should be doing as a parent? And that was a real gut punch to think about. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked extensively about, can you legislate morality? Right. And it's a pretty, when you really start to look at it, it's a pretty dangerous thing to live by because it's all good and fine until the morality that's being legislated is different than your own and maybe infringes upon yours. Mm -hmm. All of it to a degree is an infringement of rights as unpleasant sometimes as allowing someone else to have rights is. 
freedom of speech is one that's a real hot, hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of people that say things that are unpleasant and, you know, the unified, seemingly unified front to stop them from having their freedom of speech on these people, whoever it is, the, the opposing group's morality. Well, it can feel good right now, but what about when that morality changes right. and it infringes upon your rights? And that's, I don't know, it's a big, messy pot of ickiness. I hate I hate drugs. I hate what they do to people. Yeah, I mean, you're you're hearing this from people who, we've never right. used recreational drugs, I mean. I want to protect kids. I want yeah. all of that. I also have to accept the responsibility to train my kids because even though drugs are illegal right now, if my kids get mixed up and decide they want to pursue that, they will. Mm-hmm. And so it's on me whether I want to feel safe because there's a law there or not. It's on me and you to try to indoctrinate them with the things we believe to be right and good and then hope desperately. Well, I mean, to look at it just to face facts, entrusting entrusting the federal government to keep children from and and teenagers and young people and old people from exploring drugs um, it hasn't worked. Hasn't worked. And it comes every time you ask the government to step in. Mm-hmm. This is true. As much as we like them to sometimes, every time we ask the government to step in, there's a high probability that rights are going to be lost. There's an absolute that it's going to be the most expensive solution that yeah. could be found. Yeah, And it's not hey, government, spend some of your money over there. It's not their money. Right. It's our money. Yeah. Our taxes continue to go up. And to what end? Here's a trillion dollars gone. What is that? Over 50 years, do the math, how many billions of dollars <laughs> a year the math. You're the economist. That is. I'll, <laughs> I'll invite someone to get their iPhone out and do that themselves. You'll have to turn it sideways to fit a, a trillion, trillion dollars on there. A trillion dollars. That's insane how that's your money that you could have spent for any number of worthwhile meaningful things or for just pleasure yeah for your own drugs (laughs) (laughs) gone it was a really expensive failure continues to be i've been missing that trillion dollars i knew it went somewhere (laughs) i know it so well it's a good it's an interesting series it really is it is very interesting, and I'm glad I watched it. It is a new, to me, perspective on the discussion. I do think that it would be fascinating for people to check out. And I, if nothing else, it's good conversation fodder. Yes. For sure. Yes. Okay, so watch, read, listen, lifestyle. Yes. Watch this. Watch yeah. the business of drugs. Yes. It's interesting. You may hate it. That's fine, but give it a shot. Okay. Um, anything else to watch? Well, here's an idea, too, that's totally, and I mean completely unrelated to this. But I have a I have a double watch and listen. Can I do that? Okay. I have a watch slash listen. Okay. So Netflix, why are we not being paid by Netflix? We I should love to know. They don't need advertisement. That's why. <laughs> that's right. Netflix also released recently a uh, refreshed, rebooted Babysitter's yes. Club series. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else. Okay. That's fine. Um, and so it's very good. I think there's like 10 episodes. I'm also listening to one of my very favorite podcasts for a long time, the Babysitter's Club Club, 
which is two men, Jack and Tanner, who have been reading through the entirety of the Babysitter's Club canon beginning at the beginning. Um, they paused what they were doing in the material, reading material, to recap each episode of the Netflix version of the Babysitter's Club. And so it's highly enjoyable. And they're doing, they're doing one episode per week. So rather than binging it, because between this and all kinds of things, I don't have a, as much TV binging time as I would like. Um, so I also have just been watching it one episode at a time. Turns out highly enjoyable. I know you don't like to do it a episode a week at all. No. But for me, that's been a fresh brand new experience. So watching Babysitter's Club on Netflix and listening to Babysitter's Club Club, the podcast, do their <laughs> recaps. Uh, it's been good. Been good to me. Interesting. I will back up and say, in conjunction with the business of drugs, and maybe before, maybe after, or maybe you could checkerboard the episodes. Yeah. You could certainly go in and pick up any of the Narcos series on Ooh, on Mexico, good on Colombia, on mm -hmm. whatever, and kind of bring a different flavor uh, alongside. That in fact, one thing I read out there was even saying, you should watch. Uh, not that bold as to demand. You should watch something else first. But, I demand it. Uh, I think the two the two could play nicely together. Nice. I like it. All right. Reading. We're still reading. We're still reading Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. However, I noticed in some of my side reading for this that Amaryllis Fox, I believe, has a memoir. Yes, yes. So you could pick that That's up. That's about her, or what her, was it, 11 years or 10 years, something in the CIA? Yeah, her CIA work, which I Supposing actually, she's not still employed by them. I'm going <laughs> to, right? I may check that out on Audible because I find her to yeah. be a fascinating person. And I was like, yes. this is this drug stuff is all interesting, but I want to know more about her. I like listening to intelligent people. Yes. It's part of the reason I married you. Well, thank you. So I'm going to check that out. The other part's dirty. Uh-oh. Let's <laughs> skip ahead to lifestyle then before we get in trouble. Um, listening. Or you, you had the... Oh, I had the had listening the about the Babysitter's Club. Club. I'm trying to think if I'm... I don't think I got any, I've got anything else that I've been avidly listening. It's been a pretty full You've been schedule with hard. these things. And yeah, I've been... I've had a project or three going on. Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Hmm. Well, you're going to have some coming up because you got to go ahead and order your birthday presents Shh, early. Don't spoil it. That's a future. I'm just saying. That's the Tuesday episode. Up. Yes, it's coming. Tuesday. So, yeah, there's a teaser. There's a teaser for more lifestyle goodness ahead. How about that? Okay. I'm trying to think. I feel like there was something lifestyle that I have forgotten now. I don't know. I guess since we have a mostly daily show that... When I think of it, I can maybe bring it up later. So great. All right. Well, in the meantime, have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. Pablo Escobar made $70 million a day, not $1 billion. Whoever said $1 billion is beyond wrong. Embarrassingly erroneous. Magnificently beyond reason. Some might even say criminally incorrect. People have lost their jobs for less. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.